With the Chargers' playoff hopes hanging on by a thread, they need to take care of business in Green Bay, and the best way to do that is by protecting their superstar quarterback. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside another crossover edition, a terrific jersey matchup. It is the LA Chargers against the Packers wearing their throwbacks, which are just, they're clean. And all the Chargers uniforms are so clean. Peter Bukowski here, host of Locked on Packers. David Drogemeyer, host of Locked on Chargers. And I apologize in advance. I'm going to say San Diego Chargers. I promise at least once in the course of uh, this recording. Uh, today's episode, our version of Crossover Thursday that we're going to be doing here today, brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy football. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code all lowercase locked on NFL for that first deposit match up to $100. David, uh, this season has not gone quite to plan for either one of these teams. Um, the degrees are a little different. I think some higher expectations in LA, but both of these teams come in really hungry to get a win. So where, where is this team right now? Where's the fan base right now? Cause it seems like that's the biggest storyline as we come in here. These, both of these teams pretty desperate to get a win. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, I think, you know, coming off of the lions game, uh, the fan base is pretty dejected. I mean, I think everybody kind of thought that this was going to be a kind of barometer type of game for the chargers to kind of really see where they're at. I mean, yeah, they, they beat the jets and they, you know, they, 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 <laughs> they got a couple of good wins. Okay. Whatever, you know, but you know, big deal. You know, you beat the, the Chicago bears with you know Tyson Bajant, who was a, you know, division three quarterback. I mean, come on, like those, those wins don't really do much for your confidence. You expect to, to win those games. You, you expect to go in and, and do what you did. The real barometer was, Hey, can you, you know, match up against one, uh, one of, you know, the best teams in the NFL clearly. And you know, the, the chargers, they were close, but I mean, it just seems like that's the story of the chargers. They're always close, but they're never able to get all the way there. So, uh, they fall short. And they get absolutely shredded on defense. I mean, that was, I think, the biggest storyline uh, in that game is they couldn't stop anybody to save their lives. I mean, yep. the Lions did whatever they wanted uh, on both sides, you know, running the ball, passing the ball. It, it didn't matter. They were in full command. And, you know, it took a little bit for the Chargers to catch up, but offensively they did. They did catch up, but they didn't get that one stop when they needed. So uh, I think after the loss to the Lions, uh, you know, I think the biggest storyline is just trying to keep the season alive. I mean, right now they're still in the playoff hunt, um, but they it's a very daunting task. I mean, right now, you know, according to the NY Times, you know, simulator, they're 37 percent chance to make the playoffs or uh, and that's just not very good. But I mean, the, the thing is, is you got to win, right? You have to win. Yep. The biggest storyline is can the Chargers win this game to keep their playoff hopes in their season alive? Yeah, and and a lot of these these losses have have happened in similar fashion to what Green Bay has faced. I mean, the Packers had the ball with a chance to go win the game against the Raiders, couldn't do it. They had the yeah. ball with a chance to go win the game against the Broncos, they couldn't do it. They had the ball with a chance to go beat the Steelers, they couldn't do it. And it it does feel like one of these times they're going to break through, yeah. and they just because the numbers say you have to at some point you have right. that many opportunities you're going to break through. But like 
how many years in a row are we on this with the Chargers now where they're going to lose these games in heartbreaking fashion at the end? And like, I personally don't view it as a Justin Herbert problem. I know that there's like this very toxic discourse with quarterbacks and I, and I, I will admit my own role in it when it, when Aaron Rodgers was a part of those conversations, but right now it's like Justin Herbert and you have to pit him against Joe Burrow and you've got to pit him against Josh Allen. And for whatever reason, the like Tua Herbert stuff is going like, I don't know, like two, I can't imagine two less alike quarterbacks pretty much that are like, that are like also each pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't I don't understand that, but I, I think in a lot of ways, what I want Packer fans to do is point at, at the Chargers and go, that's a really, really, really good quarterback. And they still, because they rely so often on having to win these games at the end, you sort of leave it up to the fates, right? Like th these are coin flip games. And unfortunately, you're going to lose a bunch of them regardless of who your quarterback is. That's not a a, a fun life to live, as you know. But I don't think it's proof that Justin Herbert, for example, is not a great quarterback. That guy is unbelievable. And every Packer fan, I'm sure, is going into this game going, I just don't know how Green Bay has any chance to stop this offense. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really frustrating for me, especially with all the, the discourse around Justin, because it's the, oh, he hasn't won anything. The last time I checked, the quarterback doesn't play on the field by himself. I mean, he, he doesn't play defense. He doesn't play special teams. He plays offense and he can only control what he can control. And if you can, in fairness, look at no one in LA plays game, defense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right now, <laughs> I mean, if you look at the last game, they definitely didn't play any defense, but um, for the chargers and for Justin Herbert is this guy has all of the talent in the world. And I, and I think you saw it, you know, they scored on their last five straight drives uh, against the lions. Like they, when he's right. And when he's protected, he can do anything on the football field. I mean, he is the prototypical quarterback. He's six foot six, 250 pounds. He can throw it with touch. He can throw it with accuracy. He can throw it with a, a laser beam. He can throw on the run. He escapes pressure in the pocket. He does everything that you want your quarterback to do. Like there's really not many deficiencies in his game, but if the chargers defense doesn't get any stops, then Justin Herbert can only play Superman so often before you grab Superman's cape and you're able to drag him and suffocate him because he doesn't have any supporting cast. Yeah, I don't want to preempt our matchup conversation too much, but the defense is the bugaboo for both of these teams. Joe Barry comes from the other LA yeah. where Brandon Staley also came from. And the reason Joe Barry is the defensive coordinator in Green Bay is yeah. because he was the linebackers coach under Brandon Staley in the other LA with the Rams. And so yeah, I've, I've already like written a couple of columns this week for the leap, a newsletter. I would love your listeners to subscribe to and my listeners <laughs> um, about how these teams defensively are kind of mirror images of one another. And yeah. that's a problem for both of them. And it, it raises really serious questions about the future of both of them. I have, <laughs> I have also been, doing the bit for the last 18 months of Brandon Staley, future Packers defensive coordinator. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, like if, if you're green Bay, if you're a Packers fan and you want that to happen, the best thing you can do is score 35 points on this team on Sunday, because you might be one step closer to making that a reality. Uh, I, again, I, I don't want to preempt the defense talk too much, but yeah. Um, 
what is the biggest reason you think they are underachieving this season? I mean, it's just their coverage on the back end. I, I think that they're they honestly been surprisingly good against the run th this year. I, I think, you know, they were top six before they got shredded by the Lions, and now they're like a 10 or 11 as far as rushing yards allowed and, you know, yards per carry allowed. But they they just given up way too many explosive plays, whether it's passing plays, whether it's running plays. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's the thing that's crippling because the Chargers have a fantastic pass rush. I mean, they have four or five guys that have five-plus sacks. Uh, so they can get after it. I mean, they they really really can, and they have, and they've get they've gotten turnovers as well. I mean, they they really have done a good job of that, but they have not been able to get those stops in the past defense part of this game, and it has been really really crippling. I mean, you give up those big 20, 30, 40 yard plays, you know, three, four, five times a game. It's really really hard to overcome that deficit, and so I think that's the one thing that has been uh, an unfortunate theme throughout Brandon Staley's tenure uh, as the Chargers head coach and defensive coordinator is that year after year, they have given up way too many explosive plays, and that has got them into a lot of one-score games, a lot of shootouts, and you can't overcome all of those situations. You got to have some stops, and unfortunately, for someone who came in with the moniker as a defensive guru, that is not anything close to what we have seen uh, as the Chargers head coach, defensive coordinator, it has always fell short. And I will tell you, if they don't win this game, then the 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 talk is already very, very, very hot uh, for Brandon Staley to get fired. And I think it would only add some high level kerosene to that if they lose this game. <laughs> yeah, the the defense that both of these teams played is predicated on not giving up big plays. That's right. And the point, like the whole point, is hey. What we're going to do is we're going to let you run the ball. We're going to let you throw underneath. We think you can't go 12 plays, 80 yards, four times and beat us. Right. Exactly. And both of these teams can't stop giving up explosives. So it's like, okay, if you're going to give up the run so that you stop big plays, then you have to stop big plays. Otherwise, you have to try something else. And both of these teams have stubbornly said, Nah, we're good. So let's dig into some of these matchups coming up here in just a second. A locked on Packers, locked on Chargers crossover Thursday. But first, I need to tell you guys about one of my favorite things ever. And of course, I'm talking about DoorDash. Why root your team on an empty stomach? Order on DoorDash and save foot for your football watch parties. One of the best things about DoorDash is finding hidden gems in your community and getting them delivered right to you. I love scrolling DoorDash to help find places to try and also supporting local restaurants. This week, the local restaurant we're locked on is Little Pan. Little Pan specializes in pan-fried buns that you have to try for having some of the freshest ingredients in town. Make sure you try the house special pork buns and the rainbow dumplings. Since you listen to this show, you can save some money on that delicious food. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply, that's 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply. Man, I'm hungry. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. I love all the bows and the Pork buns, chicken buns, all that stuff. Oh, man. Uh, let, let's dig into some of the matchups here. We, we mentioned 
Um, this is a, a pair of teams that that struggled defensively. Um, but but the pass rushes on both sides, they're going to be matchups to watch. This is this is a game where you have to win offensively in the trenches against what has for each team over the course of the season been overmatched defensive fronts. So if if you're the Chargers uh, and you look at this team, we don't know if Jerry Alexander is going to play. He did not practice on Wednesday. Corey Valentine, um, sorry, Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine. If you can imagine that those are the the, the names that I have to try and keep straight. Oh um, man, and and the players, by the way, Corey Valentine, um, a special teams player. Um, after they traded Russell Douglas, Eric Stokes still on IR. If you're the Chargers. This feels like the game where they're just going to say, okay, we're going to get in the gun. We're going to throw it 45 times and dare you to keep up with us. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's going to be a huge part of, of that game plan. When you're looking at corners that are a little bit ex- inexperienced, uh, not you know at the same high level as your starters, You know, the, the one thing that was unfortunate against the Lions is that Keenan Allen got a little bit banged up. Yeah. Uh, he, hurt, he hurt his shoulder, although he did go back into that game and subsequently catch a touchdown pass after he came back in. So I don't think it's that serious for Keenan. I mean, he is uh, an 11-year veteran in the NFL and by all accounts, having one of the best seasons of his career. I mean, he's, he's on the injury report every week and still plays, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, not this year. He's been pretty healthy, but yeah, he's definitely on the injury report the, this week. Uh, I think he'll probably practice a little bit limited maybe tomorrow as you know they get closer to the game. They'll, they'll ramp it up a little bit, but Co- Coach Daly said that they expect him to play, but you're right. Uh, I think when we talk about the, the matchups, it all starts in the trenches, and so the matchup I'm most concerned about or, or most uh, looking forward to, that is, is Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack versus Rasheed Walker and Zach Tom. I think you know the, the, the Chargers bookend edge rushers against the Green Bay Packers tackles, but also they like to move around Joey and Khalil as well to try to get them matchups on the guards as well. Um, and I expect to see them kind of mo- uh, give Morgan Fox their interior pass rusher some more pass rush snaps. Um, you know, it seems like his pass rush snaps to go down week after week, which is insane to me because he has five sacks on the interior, which is is oh. special. You know, he's a guy that needs to get more time, but. If the Chargers pass rush doesn't get home, then I think Jordan Love has shown that he has some good arm talent. He can extend plays. He can make throws down the field. But if he has pressure in his face, um, as with every other quarterback, it speeds up that clock and it makes those throws a lot more difficult to make. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll be interested to see who plays left tackle for the Packers this week. Yash Nyman returned to practice um, uh, th- this week on Wednesday. Uh, was... I think a game time decision. It seemed like they expected him to play last week against the Steelers. He didn't. Rashid Walker ended up being in there, gave up five pressures, but Matt LaFleur said he he liked the way that he played. Pressure was not the reason the Packers lost to the Steelers against Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. Like they, yeah, just no, they did a good job. This kind of gauntlet. And Zach Tom, I mean, I I don't know how many of your listeners know who that is even. Um they they might think that I meant to say Tom Zach because that's how double first name guys work. But he's been <laughs> When he's healthy this year, he's been awesome. We're talking about a day three offensive tackle. Nice. He's got awesome feet. Um, it'll be it'll be a, a contrast of styles because TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith are more. I don't. I hate to say finesse rushers because they're not, but they're they're more about I'm going to try and win to the corner. Or I'm going to spin yeah. back. Whereas Joey Bosa, he's a technician. 
but he's mm-hmm. a power rusher. He is going he is, to for sure. He's going to come through your chest. Yeah, and, and, and Khalil is, Mack especially is a power rusher. I, mean, I was just, yeah, I was I, yeah, I was going to get there. Um, especially at this point in his career, does not have the same sort of burst, but he will still, as Marshawn Lynch would say, run through a you know whose face. <laughs> right. That is that is still what they want to do. And if there's one thing that both Nyman and Tom are susceptible to, they've got great feet laterally. It is. One inside counters for Yash Nyman, but two, it's that bull rush, and so this is this is a terrific test. It's this, it's kind of the same thing for me on the other side because yeah, if the Packers can slow down this this Chargers uh, passing attack, it's going to be because Rashawn Gary just eats uh, the the lunch of Trey Hipkins. Like that's got to be the matchup that you just dominate. Yeah, and you know we know we know Rashawn Rashawn Slater is an All Pro caliber player. And so that's going to be a tough side, but also the interior of the offensive line has not been um, as fixed as they would like it to be. You're right. Certainly. And so that opens up opportunities for a guy like Kenny Clark, for Carl Brooks, the rookie from Bowling Green, who's been awesome this year. Devontae Wyatt, who overall has not been a great player, but is one of the best sub package interior defenders um, in the league. So at least this season, it's it's kind of the, the same blueprint. See if you can get a pass rush. Can you create one turnover here? Can you dislodge the football there? Those kinds of things. Um, and then and then maybe can you just win some situational opportunities? The Packers in the red zone right now, David, have been the last couple weeks, it's been a struggle. They have not been yeah. able to score, um, you know, whether it's drops um, or, or penalties at the wrong times or guys not being on the same page. It's still a really, really, really young offense. Yeah, and that's that's just sort of where they are. If they can be efficient in the red zone, I do think they can keep up with the Chargers offensively, just because of this defense. But that, to me, the red zone execution that is going to be essential because they're going to be able to move the ball against the Chargers. Like everyone moves the ball against the Chargers, it's going to be avoid the turnovers and be efficient in the red zone. I think um, defensively, like when you watch this Packers team, yeah, are you are you going? Please make Jordan Love beat us, or is it? I hope they give the ball to Aaron Jones thirty times. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely. I, I want Jordan Love to beat us because of his kind of wildness with the football. I mean, he he's turned the, turned the ball over, you know, nine times. You know, has nine interceptions this year, and and, and honestly, that's been a knock I've had on Jordan five Love. Five straight games with an interception, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been my knock on him even when I was evaluating him when he was coming out of school. It's the same thing. He is very much in that kind of Brett Favre kind of status. I have a fantastic arm. I'm going to go put it up. I trust my arm more than I trust your your defense, and I'm going to go make a throw. <laughs> yeah. And and it just uh, it doesn't work out as much for him because he has a little bit too much confidence in his uh, you know arm talent and throwing ability. And I think the, the Chargers have capitalized on those opportunities. So uh, I definitely would much rather Jordan Love be throwing the ball. Uh, and I, I saw some wow throws for sure. But I also throw also saw some bad, bad throws that turned into interceptions or ended drives for the Packers. So I think if the Packers run the football and control the clock, that's what they want to do. They want to be able to keep, you know, the Chargers offense on the sideline uh, and, you know, their offense on the field. So I think... That's definitely what I would want in this game. A, a lot less running and a, a lot more throwing for me. I, I feel like also that opens up the pass rush opportunities as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you gotta you gotta stop you gotta stop the the running game in this one. And you want Jordan Love to be the guy that have to beat you. 
Yeah, if you can run the ball effectively, it just makes it so much easier to do everything that you want to do. And we saw it with the Lions. Like, they just, whenever they gave the ball to Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, they got whatever they wanted. Yeah. And that just, it makes life so easy as an offense to just get where, like, if it's second and four every time, yeah, uh, it's easy to play offense. Like, you and I can exactly. call offense if it's second and four every time. So That's right. That that is, I think, also a criticism of the Packers because they've had some similar type issues uh, with their run defense. So uh, this is this is one of those games where it's like, okay, who whose defense can suck less? And yeah, it's the Spider Man meme pointing a little bit for sure. And and frankly, the big the big thing is Justin Herbert. He yeah. is just a lot better and certainly a lot more proven than Jordan Love. Although, yeah. and I want to ask you about this, David. Yeah. When when you dig into some of the numbers, like one of the most comparable quarterbacks, just raw numbers and some of the pro football focus stuff. Yeah. In terms of Jordan Love's season, Justin Herbert is one of those guys. It doesn't seem like he's quite had that, like, I'm going to ascend into the Mahomes tier kind of season that a lot of us thought he could. Quentin Johnson is part of the reason he has not been that guy. You lose Mike the finger too. That's a huge thing. And then the injury, but he seems to have these, like he was hurt last year for a month, played through it. He's a tough, he's a tough, tough dude. Yeah. But why do you think it hasn't quite clicked? He's still awesome. Why do you think it hasn't quite clicked this year? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just been a ton of pressure in his face. I mean, he, he's, you know, he's, it doesn't look like it because he's so good at avoiding sacks. I mean, his, you know, sack to pressure percentage is up there with Mahomes as, as one of the best in, in the league. It's, it's just not a very telling on if you watch the games, you see he has to be able to make decisions in, in a flash because he's got rushers in his face immediately. And, you know, he, he, can, he can do some, some fantastic things, but you can't expect that down in and down out. So the offensive line has really failed, Justin. And I think when you see that Justin Herbert has time, then he can shred anybody out there on the defense. But that's been the issue. It's been pressure in his face and, you know, making him have to get off a script and off a platform. And he can make those plays, but anytime you force a quarterback to do that, you're forcing him to make those extraordinary plays more often than not. And even the best are going to falter in those situations. A lot of the same story for, for Jordan Love. I mean, we've, we've seen him, to a lesser extent, of course, make some of those wild throws. He is not as consistent, to be sure, as Justin Herbert. But when everything around the quarterback is in flux, it makes it so much harder to play. And, and I'm, I'm actually really glad that someone like Patrick Mahomes, who's still playing like Patrick Mahomes, that offense is not nearly as good because everything around him is a, a disaster. Not, a, not quite, but like... But the defense is really good, though. But their offense or their defense is really, really good. Josh Allen, like that team is just not as talented as we thought. It's Stephon no. Diggs... And the pips, like it, there's there's not really a, a great supporting cast. The offensive line is inconsistent. We, I think, underestimate how much that kind of stuff matters. And we oh, just go, it's the, the quarterback, it's the quarterback, it's the quarterback because they get overpraised. And as a result, they also get over-criticized. That's right. And I think that's happening right now. All right, we're going to talk about ways these teams can win, how this outcome, how this is all going to play out, which fan base, both... I've been saying all week in interviews, David, no matter what happens, I know this for sure. Both teams are going to come out of this game going, God, that sucked. Uh, so we're going to talk about why that is. 
coming up in just a second here. Locked on Packers, locked on Chargers, a crossover Thursday. But first, I got to tell you guys about Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today, uh, I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. Whether you're on an extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revito prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had to uh, say this about Jace. I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues have caused me to cut my pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are low, lower than the local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you have, if you know someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of daily meds, go to jacemedical.com to see if uh, see if this offer is for you. Remember to use promo code locked on twenty, uh, locked on for twenty dollars off your purchase. That is promo code locked on for twenty dollars off your purchase. All right, let's try and paint paint a picture here of how the Chargers are going to win. What has to happen for the Chargers to go into Lambeau Field and come out victorious? Yeah, I mean, I kind of alluded to it a little bit in the last segment, but it's it's protect Justin Herbert. I mean, yeah. if you're able to protect Justin Herbert, he can make all of the throws and he can score at will. And, you know, you're talking about the kind of the red zone woes for the Green Bay Packers. It is not the case for the Chargers. They have the second best red zone offense in the NFL. So when they get into the red zone, they are punching it in to the end zone more often than not. So uh, for the Chargers, and one thing I noticed as well in the last game is, Justin Herbert is able to kind of catch the defense in you know a favorable situation for him to be able to find personnel groupings that he feels like he can attack. And he's going to go no huddle, and he's going to be able to call the, the, the plays at the line of scrimmage to be able to manipulate that defense and take advantage of those matchups. So I would expect to see that quite a bit. But you have to protect Justin Herbert, and you have to get the ball to Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is the catalyst. He is the the guy that makes the offense move. It's Keenan Allen. It's Austin Eckler in the passing game. Those are the two guys that you need to have big games for the Chargers to be able to win this football game on Sunday. So I I know we've not really mentioned his name, and that's my fault. But to me, Aaron Jones is the key to this game. And there are a couple reasons why. The biggest is if you want the blueprint, for how I think the Packers are going to play on Sunday, go watch the Rams game. Similar style of defense, right? Raheem Morris was brought in to basically copy Brandon Staley. Um, does not come from that tree of defense. And he put his own spin on it. Raheem Morris is a really good coach. Uh, but the Packers went to a lot of heavy personnel, a lot of 12, a lot of yeah. 21 with two tight ends or two running backs on the field. Sometimes, a little 22. I haven't seen 22 personnel in Green Bay in a long time, but I was here for it. It was really fun. They used a lot of creative run looks. It was the most Matt LaFleur I've seen this offense look maybe ever. And Aaron Jones was a huge part of that. Over 20 carries in that he was a part of the passing game, a part of the running game. 
And they used him as a wing, most of him in the backfield. Wide as a receiver in the backfield next to AJ Dillon in the backfield solo. And there are matchups that they can create as well. Kenneth Murray, who was, by the way, a player a lot of Packer fans wanted in Green Bay, he's had his struggles. Um, and so can you can you get Aaron Jones matched up on a linebacker on third down, for example, when the, the Chargers are going to play a little bit more zone, man coverage than they would on first and second down? Yeah. So that's I think that's the key. If they can if they can stay not balanced because I don't really care about balance, honestly. Um, Me too. But can they can they stay with multiple kinds of personnel? Are they able to run it well enough? that they can be diverse in their personnel because that was something that the Lions were able to do, that they were able to take advantage of. And I wrote about this for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to, um, that when the Chargers face three wide receivers, they are a nickel like 95% of the time. But when they face two tight ends, they're a nickel like 45% of the time. I mean, That's it makes interesting. sense. That's interesting that they're not matching base with base. Heavy personnel with base is usually how teams are going to play it. So I think you're going to see a lot of heavy personnel for the Packers and say, okay, LA, how are you going to match up with these dudes? And if you're going to play linebackers on the field, here's Luke Musgrave running down the seam. Here's Luke Musgrave on a sail. Here's yeah. Aaron Jones on a wheel route. Here's Aaron Jones on, you know, uh, um, jet all go. And and you've sure. got, now you've got him running down the middle of the field. Oh, you're going to play nickel against whole personnel? All right, here's outside zone. Here it is again. Here it is again. Um, yeah. And then you and then you hit the winebacks and you hit the counters and you hit all of these other things. He to me, like I think I think that is the key to this Packers offense. And I just don't think the Packers are going to get enough snaps. Stops. So like I can't even pick a defensive thing because they're just not going to get stops. They're just not like this is going to this is the Chargers are going to score twenty seven getting off the bus. It's going to be about can the Packers offense manufacture enough stuff. And to me, that's Aaron Jones. Um, and and unfortunately, as much as I love Derwin James, like Brandon Staley is not going to just like let him say, okay, you're not, you're, you're going to, make, it's going to be your job to make sure that that doesn't happen. That's not what they do. Well, it just depends on, on how successful that tight end is, because if, if Luke Musgrave is making those plays down the seam, then Brandon Staley will probably go to Derwin and say, Hey, go lock him up and go take him out of the game. I love it. Let's and, see it. And, and go make somebody else beat you because he does have that ability. I mean, he's had a little bit sure. of a down year, but Derwin James can line up and lock up any tight end in the NFL. If that is what he is asked to do, but because he is so multiple and because he does so many things, it's kind of hard as a coach to be able to tell Derwin, just go out there and do one thing because he is a fantastic blitzer. He is a great tackler. He is a fan. He's fantastic in the box and he can play back uh, you know, and, and play deep safety as anywhere. well. So it's just the, kicks. how do I use Derwin James at the utmost effectiveness? And I think, you know, it's really going to be, how are the chargers going to be able to, change in game and be able to make adjustments on defense specifically to be able to counteract what the green Bay Packers are so obviously going to try to do to them. Well, I, like I said, awesome uniform matchup. I can't wait to see it. I think this is going to be a really fun game. I have not been able to say that about a green Bay Packers game, not at least predict it in a long time, but I think that's what they're going to get here on Sunday. David, you will be there. Um, we will be live here on locked on Packers after the game. Uh, 
to stay for everyone locked on Packers, locked on Chargers.